Thank you for joining today's program on emerging trends in publicity rights. I am Mehdi Ansari, a partner in Sullivan and Cromwell's New York office and a member of the Intellectual Property and Technology Group. You know, I advise clients on a wide range of matters and in different industries, and publicity rights have been and have become even more prominent elements in a number of those industries, including uh, sports, media, entertainment, and consumer products, you know, things like celebrity endorsements and marketing collaborations and the like. And so we thought it was a good opportunity to provide a presentation that talks about the emerging trends that we see in deals that we do that involve publicity rights. So what are rights of publicity? Rights of publicity, you know, you, you might have heard of them as personality rights or NIL rights, name, image, likeness rights. They're usually referred to as NIL rights in the context of college athletics. So what is it? It's the right of each individual to control the commercial exploitation of their name, image, likeness, and other personal attributes. It's primarily a creature of state law, although when rights of publicity cases are brought, sometimes related federal cases are brought as well, but it's primarily a creature of state law. 24 states recognize the right by statute, and that number has been growing and I think is likely to grow in the next few years. There are additional states that recognize it by common law through cases. On the states that recognize it by statute, I just listed four of the prominent ones that at least come up often in our practice, which you know, unsurprisingly are populous states in which athletes or celebrities tend to live. So California, Florida, New York, and Texas. The right of publicity is different from the right to privacy, although sometimes in some states they share a common history and they come from the same place. But the right of privacy is more the right to be left alone. That's at least a distinction I, I usually think in my head. So if you have, for example, someone you know sneaking over the wall to take pictures of you in the backyard, that's a violation of your right to privacy. It might also be a violation of your personality rights if then they publish those pictures, for example, in connection with a product endorsement or something. But those are distinct from each other. Because this is a creature of state law, there's lots of variations among the states. You know, each law covers different things. So, for example, you know, name and likeness are picked up by most of them, but whether things like signature or voice or other biographical data are considered within the right of publicity depends on the state. There's also the issue of postmortem rights, which we'll talk more about in the emerging issues. But among the states, there's variance as to whether the rights of publicity survive an individual's death. So the whether, there is a difference. And then even among the states that allow for survival, for how long, which again, we'll, we'll talk about this more. And there's also difference on remedies, which is, do you just get actual damages or do you have statutory or punitive damages available? Um, because of all the differences between the state laws, conflict of law issues become important. And as we'll talk about in the emerging issues a bit more, they're sometimes very complicated and there may not be great answers. You know, for example, if, if a celebrity has a house in Florida, 
but they also spend a lot of time in California or they have houses in both. And depending on the year, they spend more time in one than the other. Which state's law would govern their right of publicity? Or would you have to assume it could be under either and try to come up with the protections that you need that work under both state laws? There is an inherent clash with the right of publicity and the First Amendment, and there's lots of analogous state statutes as well. And it's often a common defense to claims of the infringement of right of publicity, especially for famous folks, right? As you can imagine, if someone is famous, you might have First Amendment defenses for newsworthiness, as an example, that cuts against the right of publicity. And so you'll see in a lot of the cases, there's always this inherent conflict. And depending on what it is that someone did, the First Amendment might prevail. There is no federal statute specifically governing the right of publicity. But as I mentioned earlier, often when the right of publicity case is brought, there are some federal claims that can be tacked on, like unfair competition is a common one that you see because of false endorsement or false affiliation. And those are sometimes added to the right of publicity cases. There have been some recent case law developments on this topic, in particular when it comes to college athletes. There was a Supreme Court decision, Alston, which went 9-0 against the NCAA. Now that decision itself is not directly about NIL rights, but the reasoning of the court, I think, made it clear to most practitioners, including the NCAA, that their policies against college athletes receiving compensation in exchange for their publicity rights were likely to be struck down if they were challenged. And as a result, the NCAA implemented a number of policy changes that essentially opened the door, subject to some limitations around amateurism and pay to play, opened the door to college athletes receiving compensation. As a result, I think in the last several months, we've seen a huge uptick in activity around college athlete endorsements, lots of different companies getting involved from, you know, small things, uh, uh, you know, $100 for a, an Instagram post to more significant marketing collaborations. So because of the NCAA policy changes, obviously this market opened up, but so far I think it's been, you could characterize it as disorganized because depending on the school and the state, uh, different laws apply and different restrictions apply to the athlete's ability to receive compensation. So a number of uh, schools have adopted their own policies and they're not all the same. So there's lots of variety between the policies and states have also adopted laws relating to compensation for NIL rights. And those are also all varied. And so every time a company wants to do a deal for a college athlete's NIL rights, you'd have to check not only that state's laws, but you'd also have to check the policy of the school. And as a result, it adds a lot of transaction costs, adds a lot of complexity. So because of that, the NCAA has asked Congress to create a federal law addressing the NIL rights and providing for a blanket set of restrictions and regimes and safeguards that can apply across the country. After Alston and after the NCAA policy changes, there was a lot of momentum behind that. And I believe seven bills were introduced in Congress to address that in different ways. I think some of that momentum has been lost since the bills are still making it through Congress and it's still possible that something might pass. But 
it doesn't look quite as likely as it did a few months ago. Thank you.